Introducing the Little Giants Podcast, brought to you by Highlight Hub, hosted by Eric Allison and Joey Riccatoni. He drops back to pass. Oh, and he strips sack. It's a fumble. He could go all the way. Touchdown. That's how winning is done. That's why we lift all them weights. It's a game of inches, gentlemen. Respect is earned. Riff said. The Little Giant. All right. And we're back. Number three, baby. And now we think we actually have videos. As long as it doesn't uh, run out or whatever. Hey. Still got one mic, though. Howdy. That's not good. Um, yay! Yay! We're running a little behind to all our fans, we're sorry. I've been a little bit busy, so we're a couple days behind recording, but... It's really sad, he hasn't... You haven't really committed to this whole Highlight Hub, the Little Giants podcast thing. I know you're in medical school or whatever, you're a surgeon or... I don't know what I'm doing. I, (laughs) I got an idea. I mean, yeah, it's just the wrong one. Mm -hmm. But yeah... All right. Well, we're close. We're getting there. What is it again? It's vascular. Vascular physiology. Veins. I was in the same ballpark. Yeah. And this podcast won't be in vain because we're going to bring it today. Hell yeah. Yes. I mean, heck yeah. This is a PG podcast. All of our listeners are under the age of 13. So. Because I trap my cousins in a basement and make them listen to it on repeat to get the views up. All right. Okay. We're canceled. Um, <laughs> You're canceled. I'm still fine. Yeah. I don't know. I could just delete the video and maybe I'll say, uh, I'll say you said it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think our voices are really that similar. What are you talking about? We're the same guy. That's not what my voice sounds it like. Is. Is it is. You have deep voice competitions, but that's besides the fact. We'll get into that another day. Um, pretty kooky week of NFL. Whoa. Honk, honk. <laughs> um, no, it was actually a, it was a decent week. I, I'm i pretty happy. The Browns won. I mean, the, the Chargers almost won if it wasn't for a freaking doinked field goal. Yeah. What's that kicker's name again? Michael Badgley. Badgley. Oh, and he's the one who trademarked Money, Money Badger. Badger. Yeah. Untrademark it right now. Untrademark it. just lost the game. Public domain. That last drive... With, from Justin Herbert was unbelievable. That catch by Mike Williams was like insane. Mike Will made it. Yeah. I believe. And then Mike Badge blew it. Honestly, he did blow it. Penn Badgley, serial killer, killed the drive. <laughs> right. Penn Badgley was in you. Yeah. Joe. That's a really convoluted reference. Deep cuts! Yeah, okay. That's what we do here. I was actually going to put together a friggin' highlight video. But I forgot to. I forgot to because I was making a big breakfast today. Who's not committing now? Um, me, I guess. That's yeah. bad on me. Damn it. Yeah. Just set back the whole thing maybe five years. <sighs> Probably, man. I was going to have highlights playing. We were going to talk about it. Okay, we're going to do that for the next show. The Coca-Cola sponsor just, yeah, they pulled, they pulled their out. Offer. They yeah. pulled out. But we're going to get Dr. Pepper. We're going to team up with them in NCAA game day. It'll be okay. He's got a medical degree anyways. is probably more reputable. You're a doctor. 
Dr. Pepper. That's me, baby. I guess it works out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess let's get into it. Um, we got some topics. Yeah, where do we want to start here? Love Bell? LB. Alright, so Le'Veon Bell was released by the Jets this week. Yeah, was it Monday Night Football that they put the announcement out? That, it was uh, either Monday or Tuesday that he got cut. But I was watching, I forget if I was watching Monday Night Football or Tuesday Night Football, in the middle of the broadcast, they were like, the Jets have cut Le'Veon Bell, but it actually wasn't going to go into effect until 4pm the next day. So the Jets just did a PR stunt, basically, to try and get some last-ditch trade offers. Yeah. But it's like, if you're going to do that, why would you announce that you're going to cut him? Apparently they've been trying to get rid of him for since like last year at the trade deadline, though, Like, and no one's going to trade for that contract. Yeah. I think he's like $13 million a year, and uh, my sources tell me... Adam Schefter. Adam, the, the, the Shefty. <laughs> is this Cody texting you? Yeah, it is. Rory. Very cool. Rory. Um, <clears throat> but basically, the next highest offer, besides the Jets, was like $8 million a year, $9 million yeah. a year. Then they're like... Let's go with five more than what everyone else is offering and get this guy when we have absolutely no one around him. Well, yeah, and the funniest part is they signed him before they hired Adam Gase. And then Mm -hmm. they hired Adam Gase, and he's like, I don't want this guy. And so it's always just been a bad situation for Lev Bell right since the start. Yeah. I think he still is, like, he's not the guy who was in Pittsburgh, but I think he's still, he can still bring a lot of value to a team. Um, I I saw a tweet today that said, I think he's already narrowed it to his top three, and it's uh, the Chiefs, Bills, or Dolphins. I don't get the Dolphins thing. I think Bills would be a good fit. And the, I don't get the Chiefs. I get the Dolphins and the Bills, but the Chiefs just feels like... I don't get it from the Chiefs' side. Right. I don't think they need him. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, is really, really good. He's definitely solid, but I don't know. I think like the kind of the new wave NFL thing is like two is better than one. It's like... The Browns, you got Chubb and Hunt, and like now with Chubb out, you have Dearness Johnson. The Patriots have been doing that for quite a while yeah. now. It's like James White, Rex Burkhead. You know, I don't know. I think because I've seen like like Hilaire's definitely good, but he's not. That's like a lot to put on a rookie's head of being like you're going to be like the rushing attack because Kansas City doesn't lean on the run. It's like they do it enough to keep team's honest right but that's the thing is like Le'Veon Bell is a I would say at this point he's more of a receiving back than he is a pound the rock 25 times guy Mm -hmm. and I think Hilaire is also a receiving back yeah definitely so I don't know maybe that's more of a reason why it would be a good fit just to have some more depth at the position but yeah to like pick up because I'm not real, like I'm, I'm not super knowledgeable on the contracts. Like I know the Jets are gonna have to pay him because no one else picked he'll, up that he'll contract. He'll sign with one of these teams for like a vet minimum because he's getting, he's getting like uh, nineteen million still from the Jets. From the Jets, right? So I think he'll sign for a really cheap contract, and I think the Bills out of those three teams are the best fit. <laughs> yeah, I've also been seeing like some things here and there, like Chicago. Would be a pretty good fit. I like Chicago a lot too, but I mean, just going off the tweet I saw, so you know, take it with a grain of salt. But Himalayan salt, a lot of electrolytes in there. It's, all right. 
I also, you know, as a Chargers fan, I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate bringing in Le'Veon Bell, taking a flyer on him. I mean, Eckler's out for six weeks, and you know, hamstring injuries are really rough on running backs. Like, right. Even when he comes back, he's gonna be so at risk to just like tweak it again and be out another couple weeks. And it's right. Just, with that one, though, it's like, I don't know. I don't like pairing a diva player with a rookie quarterback. You know, I think it's like they, they're they delicate flowers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, blossom, I, I would know? agree with that. And I think, because wasn't that like a big point of contention with Bell in Pittsburgh? Like, he had a lot of issues with Big Ben. I mean, I know AB did. And I think a lot of people have had issues with Ben Roethlisberger. Cause Especially the ladies. Yowza! <laughs> and his motorcycle. Ouch. Um, oh, no. Please don't tell me that this... No, okay, we're, we're good. good. We're, we're good. still rolling. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Who is that? I don't know. Is that Rage Against the Machine or Limp Biscuit? I think it's Limp Biscuit. All right. Horrible name. Let us know. Make that biscuit toasty. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I think Chicago would be a good fit because it's like Nick Foles... I don't think there's any shaking that guy. I think he can kind of like go in, do his thing. He checks in, he checks out. Not a big ego. He's going to do what his coaches need. He's going to make the plays that need to be made. And that would just be like, you know, what? Like winning the time of possession with a team like Chicago, who has a good defense, will go a long way, especially in the division that they're in. Like when they're going to have to, because they, like, they're still very much a playoff contender right now like sure. they're, they're gonna have a yeah. they could have a totally great deep push and if you have a running back that you can really lean on heavily in those colder months like if you have to go play those late november december games in green bay yep. that's the kind of guy that you want and someone who's also played in rougher elements too you know i don't know i think it's i think just the idea of Le'Veon bell in the south is like a weirder thing for me, like him yeah. in Miami doesn't like it. Just seems a little bit odd, versus. Well, also Miami is not is not fighting for a playoff spot this year, right? You know, so it's weird on his part to be like, I'm gonna take a veteran minimum contract, like a prove it year kind of deal, with a team that's you know gonna max out at what six wins, right? And but maybe it's just so he can like keep all of his money from his contract because Florida doesn't have any state income tax. Which would be like... Man, I've always like had such... I understand. Like... I also thought the Texans would have been a good fit for him. Oh, could you imagine him and Bill O'Brien if Bill O'Brien was still in there? Who we also got to talk about because I don't think we recorded. um, I think he like got fired the day after we recorded the last one. Maybe, yeah. Um, but that would be like a matchup made in hell for sure. Oh yeah, he would. Yeah. But just like the whole, I don't know, <laughs> the money before legacy thing doesn't make sense. Like you need to take care of yourself and secure secure your future. But when players are more about their contract and the payday versus i th- i just think there needs to be a balance between those two things but i mean it's actually a good segue into the next topic is then you get a situation like Dak Prescott right you know where you you're like okay you know what i i won't play under a, a new contract i don't have any stability i'll play under the tag then you break your leg and you know i still think he'll get big money even if it's not in Dallas but i don't think he'll get that like 
40 plus million he was looking for before the season started right and with the season that he was starting to have even though the wins weren't exactly translating you can still point to those first games and be like well it's the defense like we put up 40 points against atlanta you know they put up a good fight against cleveland like as a cleveland fan that Odell touchdown, it's like that should have had no chance of scoring. No, I mean, had... he bellied it out like 20 yards into the backfield. He was bellying out. There were guys like, like, whoa, 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 like doing like the swinging arms trying to stop their momentum flying out of bounds. I don't know who number 42 is on Dallas, but it was like one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen yeah. in terms of over pursuit. It was awful. But. You have to point to that and be like, well, that's why the wins weren't translating because Dak Prescott, like, he's he's a good quarterback. He can hang back there. He's a tough guy. He's a solid... He's the right amount of a running quarterback. If I was... Yeah, it's a not guy, his first... It's not his first option. And, like, he, he's always keeping his eyes downfield. But when he does run, he can he can hurt you a lot. Right. You know, uh, it's it's kind of like... The transition that Josh Allen has made this year, right? I think the last couple years he was more of a like, uh oh, I don't see my first guy open. Let me take off hurdle. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I love Josh Allen, but I think this year he's kind of calmed down and he's running less, but can still run the ball really effectively. He's doing, yeah, he definitely does. Like talking about Dak, he does just enough in terms of his mobility to make plays develop and he isn't just looking to take off. I think Carson Wentz is the same kind of player as Dak, but takes a lot more risks than Dak does. I think Dak has the perfect balance of knowing when to take a risk, knowing when to run, and knowing when to just hang back in the pocket and make a tough throw and then eat a hit. You know, like this, this injury didn't happen... From any poor decision or anything like it that, was it was just, just a freak, freak yeah, a total freak accident, which is awful to see. But that's just the nature of the game, and that is why contracts do matter in terms of long-term stability. But going back to the Le'Veon Bell thing, it's he was going to get long-term stability. He was still going to get eight to ten million dollars a year. Right. You know, he sat out a full season from Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean that's that's that, the, that, that's really. the difference I'm talking about when you care so much about the money that you're willing to not play for a year and not play for a Super Bowl contender too like Pittsburgh was very much you know in the AFC conversation right and and to sit out a whole year on a competitive football team for you know three million dollars is you know it's tough because I get wanting to get paid what you believe you're worth right you know, and if, if you feel like the, the team is not giving you what you think you're worth, then, you know, that's where the issues come up. But I just, yeah, when it comes to the point of I'd rather not play, it's that's the negative aspect of ego. There's ego to the point where you're your own biggest fan and you believe in yourself and you're going to get what you deserve. And I think that's where Dak was. He was like, okay, you can franchise tag me, but I'm going to prove my worth this year. And And you're going to have to pay me more than I was asking for last year. Exactly. Because I'm going to outplay what I was asking for. Right. Well, who's like the last quarterback to have... uh, Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco did that. They were like... I know it's not the same thing, yeah. but he was like, okay, you don't want to pay me? I'm going to go on a run and win the Super Bowl, and now you have to pay me. And I'm Joe Flacco from Delaware, who's like, has yeah, I mean, that's nothing one to of really the best, show for. That's one of the best prove-it years and go make your money and 
ever. One of the greatest playoff runs of all time. And the things he were doing is like he looked like a Carson Wentz or a Josh Allen or what, like that throw he makes to Anquan Bolden in the opening quarter of that Super Bowl when he's running out of bounds is one of the greatest, not one like in terms of accuracy and whatever, but just that throw is like, this is an elite guy. This isn't the bum that you're seeing now for the Jets and just a total dud of a character. Well, I mean, the bum that you've seen literally since he got the contract. Right. Like, he won the Super Bowl, he got his guaranteed money, and then he's like, well, I'm good now. I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't need to... Ray Lewis is gone, Ed Reed's gone. Joe Flacco the mope. That's... He, he's, a, he's the definition of a mope. Him and Jay Cutler are yeah. tied for just mope of the year. <laughs> God. Ugh, it's awful. All Speaking right. of mopes, Billy O'Brien... I mean, I think it's long overdue. I think, I think the fact that he made it into this season is crazy. Yeah. Ugh, man. I don't like. He's a like. He was a good enough talent evaluator to draft and put together a good team. Mm-hmm. But like, again, you always talk about ego. That guy's ego just ruined a franchise. Right. Like that. That franchise is gonna be. Trying to recover from it kind of reminds me of like the the Nets in basketball when they traded for Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and gave up like five future first round picks when they were like thirty seven years old. Yeah, and then just to win a first round playoff game against the yeah, Raptors and it just like or it, series. Yeah, and I mean, just now the Nets are like promising again, right? And it's. I mean... That was, like, seven years ago? Mm Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me, too, just of going back into just the other sports in relation. Like, I don't know what just happened with the video. Um, But it reminds me of the Jays, too. Back when they, like, traded for, like, Jose Reyes... Uh, R.A. Dickey, yeah, like yeah, back yeah, in like yeah. 2011 or whatever, and they were World Series favorites. It's like that's my phone. That but... I know it was buzzing. Um, it was like that didn't age well, and that set them back a while until their farm system actually started to pan out. And then they got like Donaldson and all yeah. those guys, and they kind of you know they were close to making a run. They got to the ALCS. Uh, mean, you know, it's been a nice little stretch as a Jays fan. Because we're we're still exciting even though we lost a bunch of guys, but um, back to Bill O'Brien, I think you know Deshaun Watson's career is now in jeopardy. You know I don't think he's gonna be in like be competitive to win a Super Bowl anytime soon. And he yeah. just resigned. He just signed a huge contract to stay in Houston. Right. Well, that's like people are talking about too for who's going to replace him next year. People are like, oh, Dabo Sweeney could be the guy. And that, I mean, I think they could like, if Dabo Sweeney came to the Texans and then they got Travis Etienne, the running back from Clemson too, and they just like created their own little Clemson reunion tour team, it's like, that would be more promising than rolling with. That's I'm I'm kind of sad. And about then it. they trade back for DeAndre Hopkins, bring him back. <laughs> the all Clemson yeah, team. That's it. Uh, get Sammy Watkins in there too, even though he's like way older. It's always funny how there's like the first guy that comes through, and you're like, this is the guy, and then it's like, it's like now the actual guy's coming right down the pipe yeah. after him. I mean, even even Mike Williams, 
I think is better than Watkins was. Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad he had a big week this week. That catch he made, like we were just talking about, was ridiculous. And um, I don't know, man. Like, he was looking really good yesterday without Keenan Allen. Like, he just stepped up when he needed to. But I think that's more credited to Justin Herbert. Like, not that one high point catch that Mike Williams had to get them into field goal range, but just in general, like, Herbert's ability to stretch the ball downfield and make like, a play when everything's breaking down. Every week he impresses me more and more. Like, I'm I'm, I'm kind of, like, a pessimistic fan where I'm watching and I'm like, all right, here comes the shitty, you know, rookie game from right. Justin Herbert. And, I mean, like, I think his games have followed a similar pattern where he comes out, he's really hot, then he comes out of the second half and he kind of gets off to a slow start and then he finishes strong, but it's kind of too late. Right. right. Yeah, definitely. There's definitely like that third quarter lull kind of thing because going on. Because we've had the lead going into the half in a lot, most of the games. And then we let teams back in in the third. And then Herbert kind of brings us back into the game, but we still lose. But I think, I think that's all attributed to having a bad offensive line and no running attack, though, because you can't keep moving the chains and keep the clock rolling yeah. when you don't have that backed up. And that's why you're seeing... I mean, that's why Dak Hat was so good right off the bat, because the Cowboys had a great O-line and a solid running attack, because Zeke was a rookie, too. And yeah. he was pounding the rock, so it's like you could make... I mean, we were talking about this in the first episode, too. Russell Wilson is as a rookie and like in his first four years heavy on the run limit the amount of mistakes that you can make by throwing 25 times or less well i mean and when you're when you're taken as like a top three quarterback like a top 10 pick it's because the team is bad Mm -hmm. you know so like you see a lot of these late round guys or like later draft picks having success and it's because they're going to better teams right you know even like lamar jackson like if he was a top five pick, I don't think Lamar Jackson has an MVP season. No, if you if Cleveland had drafted him instead of Baker, I don't know if he would have thrown more. I don't know if he would have thrown twenty seven passing touchdowns. I'm not Pat, Pat Mahomes. Yeah, you know, like if if the Chiefs who had Alex Smith healthy at the time and they were still making the playoffs, if they didn't trade up to get Mahomes and he was to, he went to, you know. Uh, a worse team like Chicago or something like that? Do you think we see Mahomes for what he is today? I don't really think so. It's all about fit, right? And so, you know, these high draft pick QBs usually have slower starts to their careers because they go to bad teams. Right. Well, look at Alex Smith, you know, way back in the day. But there was so much dysfunction in San Francisco. He had, like five offensive coordinators within his first six seasons or something crazy like that and that goes i know aaron Rodgers is obviously a way better talent way more effective but you look at that his situation going and sitting behind brett Favre, learning in the same way pat mahomes did too he and he was behind alex smith it's you get to sit back and learn under a stable team. There's no quarterback controversy because you're still what a ten win team or something when you get yeah. drafted to those teams. So no one's calling for you like get him on the field. We want Patty Mahomes. It's like no, you want to see what the guy's capable of. So you're gonna start him in week sixteen against the Broncos or whenever it was that he played. But he's not gonna start in the playoffs. 
and yeah. he's going to wait his turn. And I think that takes a good head coach and a good good organization to be able to do that. It's so easy to cave to that pressure and be like, oh, well, the grass is always greener. Let's see what we got with this kid. For and sure. next thing you know, his confidence is shot. And you're back looking for another quarterback. And, you know, Josh Allen, I think he was one of the guys. Like, Buffalo was still a good team when they drafted him. Yeah. They were moderately good. Like, they were a middle-of-the-pack team. And he, I think he was right on the cusp of, like... I mean, I'll like personally. I I was like, what the heck are the Bills doing? Like, why oh, would no. they draft Josh Allen? You know, like I, dude, I, I didn't believe in him at all. Like, out of Wyoming, I watched like some highlights, and it's like this guy's got a cannon of an arm, but he threw like just as many 50, picks. He had like a fifty-five percent uh, completion percentage. Yeah. He's one of few. I was talking to our buddy Cam, big Arizona Cardinals insider. We'll have him on the show one day. Um, we were talking, and Cam was saying he's one of the few examples in NFL history that has a lower completion percentage in co- in college than he does in the pros, and it's like it's just a testament to the Bills coaching staff, like absolutely to the Bills coaching staff, but also to the kids' hard work because for sure. you know if you have Jamarcus Russell in there, it's only going downhill. I'm still waiting for his comeback. I think he's got a shot. Yeah, yeah. Not a quarterback at left tackle. But still. <laughs> Pass pro, baby. Um, <laughs> All right, moving forward. Speaking of comebacks, will Dan Quinn ever make one? Because teams love to have comebacks against him. Oh, I think I think he'll get a DC job somewhere. I think he's. I think he's going back to Seattle. Um, maybe not this year, but I could see him being back on the staff. Yeah, well, I don't think you can demote your DC. No, I mean, if he went back to the staff this year, it would be as, like, a like an assistant. How much would that suck, though, as the DC? And it's like, you're just going to take my job next season. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because their, their defense is kind of lacking right now. We were talking about this. We talked about it last week. Seattle always plays down to their competition. Always plays down to their competition. And I think that Dan Quinn was... When they had Dan Quinn and obviously all those pieces in that defense, that was the last time Seattle was really like, we're going to roll you and we're going to keep you down the whole time. Uh, But now it's like, man, Seattle games are always so entertaining. It's true. They're, They're always down to the wire. Like. What game? Even when they played Miami this year, it was a close game for the most part. Seattle is like what I wish the Chargers could be because they're always in close games, but they find a way to pull it out, and the Chargers find a way to lose. Always. (laughs) Exactly. Well, there was a mic'd up thing of Russell Wilson on the sidelines, and he's just going, they already know what's going to happen. We're going to go down and score. Come on, let's win this game right now. And it's like, he is speaking it into existence, and he believes in himself so much, and now he's comfortable with DK Metcalf. Still upset I didn't keep him in my league. It's the worst mistake I ever made in my life. I kept O.J. Howard. You've lived a good life. Football speaking. Football speaking. But um, I took O.J. Howard instead of D.K. Metcalf. Okay, but in all fairness, if O.J. Howard didn't... Coward. (laughs) If O.J. Howard didn't tear his Achilles... Literally my Achilles heel. Uh, My fantasy team. It's good. Chalk it up. We're We're gonna have to chalk it up. For puns. Like a graphic? Yeah, it's going to be like, chalk it up, and you're going to have someone chalking it up. 
You just get a chalkboard behind here. But also, our sponsors at Highlight Hub gave us these signs. We're powered by them. <laughs> it's pretty good stuff. Um, but it's a living. Yeah, it's a living. We're we're on we're we're on a tangent right now. But uh, Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. It was about damn time for Dan Quinn to get out of there. You know, I think it's tough. It's really weird how you can be a good coach, and he seemed like a good guy yeah. from how he carried himself. It was like a mutual breakup. You yeah. know, it's just kind of like, look, things just aren't working right now. Yeah. You know, Ar- like Arthur Blank would probably be the owner that I would want to be coaching under. Realistically, oh, yeah. he seems like such a good guy. He kind of looks like a falcon too. He's got that bird face. You know what I mean? That's why you want to coach under it. <laughs> you know, he embodies what his team is all about. But um, I it sucks because he seems like a good guy and a nice guy, and he was eighteen minutes from winning a Super Bowl. Things would probably be a lot different. But I guess it's just after a moment like that in the Super Bowl, there's just no coming back from it. Yeah. How can you like, have faith in your coach? Well, and it's like I I. I think Matt Ryan's confidence is still kind of shaky too, where it's like, like you you have this lead, and then all of a sudden that thought starts to creep in, where you're like, okay, you can't blow it, you can't blow it, don't right. blow this lead, just just we're gonna blow it, <laughs> yeah, just play smart, just play smart, don't blow it, and then you know they've been blowing leads. Yeah, next thing you know, you're like laying on the bench, and you go, <laughs> but man, so. Rest in peace, Dan Quinn. Okay. <laughs> You'll be back on your feet soon. We believe in you. Who you? Who do you think is the most likely guy to get hired as the Falcons coach? Uh, I don't think Raheem Morris keeps the job unless he really, really impresses the rest of the season. I'd say Eric Bieniemy. I was going to say the same thing. Bieniemy's either going to go to Houston or Atlanta, and if I was him, I'd rather go to Atlanta. Atlanta still had like their offense is still talented. They have Alex Mack well, at I, center. I would say that. Houston is pretty talented too and it honestly depends on the draft position a little bit because if the right. Falcons are in position to take Trevor Lawrence you think they would? I think they would. If they have a shot to take yeah. Trevor Lawrence. Matt Ryan is what 35 years old now? They're, I think he's 34. 34, but 35. Same. He'll be 35. Yeah, if they can take Trevor Lawrence, sit him behind Matt Ryan like we were talking about earlier for a year mm-hmm. with Eric Bieniemy, that's like a you know, sign up on the ground floor type right. of deal. It's like, let's build something here. Right, and you're going to get five years as the head coach because yeah. you're on the owners and the GMs are going to be understanding that you're working for something and, you know, you're not going to... You're not going to go to the Super Bowl right off the bat. It's not yeah. like a situation in Seattle where you have an amazing defense or you're going to win the Super Bowl in your quarterback second year. You know, I think... Whoever goes to Houston has to be committed to Deshaun Watson long term because he's too talented to just. I, I don't try think anyone. And, I don't. I think any coach that goes to Houston is not going because they don't want Deshaun Watson as their guy. Mm-hmm. He's like he's not like. A, there's no denying he's good at football, right. and you can win games with him. Like they made the playoffs with him. Despite all of the dysfunction in Houston, right, and he was he was going to win MVP the year he tore his ACL. Yeah. I think he had thirty five touchdowns in thirteen games or something crazy like that. Also, they had more weapons, but still, like he makes plays. But even this last week, you see what Deshaun Watson could do with even the receivers he has. You know, Kenny Stills, 
Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, those are, like, I will never excuse trading DeAndre Hopkins. No. But those three guys are very capable in this league. It's a B minus B receiver group. Yeah, there's no, there's no number one, but there's three number twos. Three numbers, and that's, you can do a lot with that. Going back to the Browns again, Jarvis Landry, arguably a cusp number one kind of guy, right? Yeah. But in his rookie year, he was way more effective with a lot of mid, mid-talent mid guys like you know Jarvis Landry, Rashard Higgins, David Njoku as a rookie. Those guys were all consistent. They got to the spot they needed to get to. And I mean, look at the Patriots. I know we're, everyone always points to the Patriots, and it's because of Bill Belichick's genius and you all. You know Jarvis Landry's played four years in Miami before he came no. to Cleveland. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> forever, right? <laughs> um, but, but, it's like, with the Patriots, it's like, they haven't had a true number one since Randy Moss. Yeah. And they've still been effective. So you can be that kind of team if you're that kind of quarterback. And it's clear that Deshaun Watson is somewhat in that, like, he's, he's a top 10 tier kind of guy, for sure. basically. For sure. I, there's no question about it. And you just need the right system. You need to build your system around him. And I still think Bill O'Brien wasn't doing that enough. Mm-hmm. He was still, like... He's like, okay, I'm. I was the OC of the Patriots. You right. know, I've won Super Bowls with the Patriots. My offense works. Right. So you're gonna fit into my offense. Right. If you have a guy who's creative and willing to be open minded and build an offense around what Deshaun Watson is really good at, I still think Houston's a really good team. Right. Well, that probably what you were just saying. That probably played into that DeAndre Hopkins trade. The ego and being like, well, this is the Patriot way. You, yeah. you don't need a star receiver. It's like, yeah, you don't necessarily, but it, you need a good O-line at least. Deshaun Watson was the most sacked quarterback. I think he's, he's in the top three of most sacked quarterbacks in the last two to three seasons. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know. And Deshaun, we love you. We're rooting for you. We yeah. hope, we'll we have hope you. you get a good, a good setup. We'll have you on the show sometime. We're a little booked, but we're going to work <laughs> on it. Um Bring your own sign. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, the Patriot way just doesn't seem to work out for a lot of a lot of teams. Matt Patricia, I think I called, not I called and I got it right, but I'm I'm still calling it. I think this is the next Sunday. If they lose this week, it's over. Who are they playing? I don't know. Okay, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If they lose this week, it's all over. I'm still leaning on that. So. Call in. People actually can call into this, by the way. You can leave voice messages on Anchor. So if you go to the link, whatever, it'll it'll be in the show notes or whatever. If you click on that, you can leave a voice note. I so. feel like we're just lending ourselves to our friends saying mean things to us. That's it's. It'll be funny though. <laughs> it'll be good. We'll get so call in, but um, yeah. Let's uh. Let's pause for one second, and we'll be right back with the NFL Week 5 recap. Yeah! Pause it. We don't actually need to pause it. We can just cut it. She's rolling again. Yep. And we're rolling, rolling, rolling. Okay, three, two. All right, we're back. We're back. Joe is pissed. I'm a little upset, I'm not going to lie. I've had a battle with Purolator. Oh, my God. They're... Their slogan is Promises Delivered, and it's Misery Delivered. Every second of the day. 
I'm going to try and keep it PG because this is a PG podcast. But let me tell you about the Purolator driver in my neighborhood. If I see him, I'm going to jump in their little open door because the truck doesn't close all the way. And they're going to get a little piece of something. What? And that's a promise that'll be delivered. Purolator. Tackle hunger. <laughs> they can't even get the food banks filled on time. Oh my gosh. Like, what just... I'm trying to keep a smile on my face, but I am livid right now. And it's like, what? This is this goes down to organizational issues in the NFL. It's how can teams and companies, corporations, be so disorganized where when you talk to one person about one issue, about their policies, it's one thing. But then it's something else when you talk to someone else on the totem pole. And it's like, that's a thing with football teams, too. I've been a part of some dysfunctional ones. I'm not going to name names, but there's some times where you're in a playbook and it's like, you're supposed to outside release the corner this way. And it's like, no, you're supposed to outside release the corner that way. Or you're supposed to inside release or the route combinations completely different altogether. Uh, like that there's an issue that people run into when there isn't a clear understanding and there aren't standards set to be met across the board. That's why the Patriots are so good. Because they have the Patriot way. It is built from the ground up. The janitors know what the Patriot way is. And they know what their mission statement is. But then there's other teams. So if you had to compare Pirolator to one NFL franchise, oh what would it be? God, they, they are the Washington football team. <laughs> it's like with uh, Trent Williams when they're like, oh, that cancerous tumor bump on your head's nothing. And then it's like, oh, let's get a second opinion. It's like, you're going to die in three days if you don't get this thing shaved off. It's like... That is what Purolator is. They are the worst. They will never be a sponsor of this show. It's a really nuanced understanding of cancer, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I needed that. I was having a rough day. Shave it up. I had a rough day, but I needed that. Thank All right. you. All right. Oh. Back to football, huh? Speaking of cancerous bumps, <laughs> I had some picks. All right. I was thinking like picking a thing. I don't know. I'm 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 frazzled. I'm frazzled. What was the thing? Um, but yeah, last week I went 8 for 12. I always do, like, I, I make one bet a week. I do a 12-game parlay. Hey, hey, hey. And I went 8 for 12 last week. I was pretty close. I had uh, I had the Rams over Washington. That one was pretty easy. Philly, I, I picked Philly, even though Pittsburgh was a seven and a half point favorite. They they couldn't get it done for me. That one really let me down. Chase Claypool, the Canadian. I knew Philly was going to stink it up. I know. I should have listened to you, dude. Arizona, smoke the yep. Jets. We had the Raiders, dude. We had the Raiders. Like, Casey was a 12 and a half point favorite. And we we're Rugrats, man. Like we got to make that shirt and coin that phrase because Henry Ruggs is a game changer, dude. We said last week when he's on the field, it's gonna open up opportunity, yeah. and if Derek Carr can hit him deep, it's gonna change the game. And that's literally exactly what happened. Two catches, one fifteen. Like that's crazy. It's crazy. Touchdown. I love it. He was on my bench the whole week. Houston over Jacksonville. Favored minus six. Baltimore, 12.5 point favorite. That one was pretty easy. Carolina over Atlanta. That one was like, I mean, the writing was on the wall. Yeah. Like, it's been on the wall for a while. San Fran, Miami. That one was like, that was 
a bad pick on my part and like another thing that we wanted to talk about Jimmy G it's like do you think that Jimmy Garoppolo getting benched is San Fran going we have no shot we value you and we don't want you to be injured anymore or this experiment is done this is the worst trade we made in our entire life and I, I we got a better a, shot with Nick Mullins no I think it's the first one but it still is like it's like we don't believe in him to be able to get us back in this game because he was still pulled pretty early. Yeah, and he did throw two picks, so it's not like he was playing well and they were behind. Right. But I I don't think they're moving off of Jimmy G completely. Mm-hmm. Like he still led them to a Super Bowl last year. Right. So do you think it's just like they're gonna be like we're just sitting him? I haven't watched any. 49ers press conferences or anything like that but do you think they're being like we're just gonna sit him and wait till he's at 100 percent or i'm not sure i mean the niners have been like a huge letdown this year and obviously they're getting killed by injuries like yeah they're definitely the worst in the league for that uh, you know as a chargers fan i beg to differ but but yeah like they're they're decimated and i think at this point it's like they, oh, it's pouring, raining cats and dogs Jeez. out there. That's crazy. But yeah, I think I think a lot of it has to do with protecting Jimmy G because he has a history of injuries. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I don't know if if Nick Mullins is starting this weekend, then then maybe we have something to talk about. But right. it's something to keep an eye on, right? Like, right. And even if Jimmy G does start, does he have a long leash? Like, what if they get down two TDs? Are they gonna pull him again? Right, you know, and like, what if Nick Mullins starts and he's stinking it up? Then do you go back to Jimmy G? That's the issue. When you pull a quarterback, unless it's under the guise of the injury thing, it's like that's a big statement to make. It's like Dwayne Haskins being benched in Washington, and now yeah. he's the third stringer because Alex Smith is back. Where do you go from there? Which is just nuts. I don't like. We we don't need to get too into it, but. Having Alex Smith as your emergency quarterback feels like a terrible move to me. Yeah. He's he's got like one and a half legs. Right. It's like if your guy goes down, you want to put in Alex Smith, mm-hmm. who is probably way more fragile than the guy who went down first. Right. I, I think it's it's nuts to not dress Dwayne Haskins like he was inactive. Mm-hmm. You know that like we don't need to get into the Washington quarterback situation, but I think they're mismanaging it horribly. Right. I'm on the flip. I think I think if they start Alex Smith from here on out, I think Washington wins that division. Bold prediction. Dude, Alex Smith's stat line was like nine for fourteen and thirty-seven yards or something like that. He threw like swing passes to the running backs the whole game. What did he do in San Francisco? Washington is not San Francisco. Uh, whatever. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see with that. We'll see with that. Back to the recap point spread things. Dallas. I had Dallas nine and a half point favorite. Shouldn't have picked them. That was a stupid one. And I was just thinking they're gonna turn it around. They're gonna have a good week. Well, you know what? Like first. Well, of they all, were losing when Dak snapped. Yeah, I guess his, they've just been a stuff. bad football team. Just the defense was awful. Yeah. They made they made Jason the the clapster Garrett look like an offensive genius, you know. And I don't know. He's probably probably an offensive mastermind, but I don't know about a genius, you know. Yeah. I mean, if you're an OC in the NFL, you got to kind of be up there. 
And yeah. they were yeah. like Dallas was always a solid team when he was their coach. And I bet maybe we talked about this last week. Like they're probably wishing they had Jason Garrett right about sure. now over For Mike sure. McCarthy. I don't know. We're team Aaron Rodgers, okay? Hey, Rog. It was clear that Mike McCarthy was the ish. Is, is not the not the best coach. Yeah, I don't know. I used to think Aaron Rodgers was a real smug sob, and I didn't like him. But this year, totally, totally changing my opinion on the guy. I really like him, and I think he's having fun, and I think he's embracing his teammates more. And it's probably a lot of. It is raining hard out right now, but it's <laughs> it's like there's probably a lot less outside distractions. You know, Olivia Munn hit the bricks. Danica Patrick, get in your car, drive on out of town, <laughs> and you know. I don't know who he's dating now, but I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. He just seems like he's in a totally different headspace. So happy for a Raj. We'll have you on the show sometime, I guess. <laughs> Cleveland Indy, I had Cleveland. They're a one-point favorite on my ticket, but a lot of other tickets had Indy as like a two-point favorite earlier in the week, yeah, and then yeah, it yeah. flipped. Um, Seattle, minus seven. I took Seattle. Shouldn't have done it, because we said it last week. They always play down, and they did. Um, so that was a mistake. And Chargers, New Orleans was a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. I thought that was insane. We talked about it last week. There's no shot. And Justin Herbert, all all the big. I think the I think ESPN and Fox Sports is poaching. Yeah. They're poaching our stories because yeah, we said on this, the dude. Wagon, no. We said this week one. Justin Herbert is the dude. We had him picked as our offensive rookie of the year. Um, and can we just talk about Drew Brees in that game? Because I know they came back and they won, but Drew Brees does not look right. No, I wasn't buying into the whole Drew Brees has a weak arm thing at first, but like I, I'm, I'm pretty on board with that. He just kind of looks like he's like shot putting the ball, and it's just it's sputtering. He's got throwing, no zip. He's throwing under ten yards most of the time. He made one really nice throw to Jared Cook. I will give him that. Yeah, that deep crossing yeah, route. That was a, that was a beautiful throw but like the entire game he either he either dumped it off to Kamara or he threw a slant to Emmanuel Sanders Mm -hmm. you know so I think I'm gonna go out on a limb and say Drew Brees this is his last season really he kind of looks like Peyton Manning did in his last year yeah where like he's getting he's still productive but I think it's a product of like all the talent he has around him still right but it's like, man, that's like one thing people kind of forget about. The year they won the Super Bowl, Peyton Manning didn't start for like five games that season. It was Brock Osweiler. Yeah, and then Brock Osweiler got a huge contract from guess who? The, Bill O'Brien, The baby. Texans, and then the Browns picked him up for some weird reason. Well, you guys got a pick out of it. It's basically like, take his contract and we'll give you a pick. Right. Worked out a little I bit, mean, I guess. Like the Browns had no talent at that time; they were just a, yeah. a horrible team. So it's like we got the cap space. Why yeah. not do it? Yeah, honestly, honestly. But um, I mean, from the games we talked about last week, I think Cleveland Indy, Chargers, Saints, and uh, Pittsburgh like, Philly. Pittsburgh Philly. I mean, and that one wasn't super. No, that one entertaining, wasn't close, but. How about them Raiders? Raiders, dude. I don't know, man. I Like, Derek Carr, 
people were hating on him. I wasn't sure about him for a little while, but he was another guy. Him, Deshaun Watson, and Carson Wentz all had like MVP caliber seasons and had had him derailed because of injury. Yep. Derek Carr, they like the Raiders with Jack Del. There was Jack Del Rio, right? Yeah. The year they were they went to the playoffs, like if. Derek Carr doesn't break his leg or his arm or whatever it was. They are, they're probably getting out of the first round at least. Like yeah, they had a I mean, solid they, they team. They played the, the Tennessee Titans with Marcus Mariota, I think, in the first round. So mm. I think I I think that year's Raiders team is better than that year's Titans team. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean the Raiders they played really well. They had the game plan. You know, mm-hmm. I I gave you a little bit of pushback when you said like, did New England figure out Mahomes? But you know, I'm starting to. I'm, I'm going to pull it back a little bit. I think you might be right. the The Raiders got pressure with four guys. Mm-hmm. They sat back. They didn't let anything over the top. Right. And I mean, Tyreek Hill still went off. Yeah, and the Chiefs still <laughs> scored 32 points. But yeah. like, if you can keep punching back with them, it's yeah. only so much they can do because they can't really. You know what we're talking about with Le'Veon Bell possibly going there as an option. They don't have a run. They don't. They don't rely on their running game enough where they can beat you by playing good defense and holding onto the ball. They're more about those big chunk plays, yeah. and it's like they can get down and then get back in the game really early. But they can't exactly take. They're either gonna blow you out and it's gonna be fireworks, or it's gonna be like a shootout. A shootout. Yeah. But there's no. We got the lead and then. We're just going to pound the rock, pound the rock, and just, like, beat you down slowly and get you in. You know, that's why Cleveland's been successful, because they're getting... Their chunk plays are coming on, like, 10, 20-yard runs. Yeah. That's the difference, versus we're going to score really fast with Tyreek Hill over the top, or Travis Kelsey, or Sammy Watkins, you know? So, definitely, it's like... Andy Reid's a good coach, and they'll make their adjustments, and I don't think they're figured out in the sense that I think Mahomes is too anything. good to be, like, complete. Like, I think Mahomes is not in the same league as, like, Lamar Jackson, where you're like, okay, we can completely shut this guy down. Right, right, right. You know, like, Mahomes will still be competitive in every game he plays in. Right. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's at least now the league sees that they're beatable. For sure, and I think they're going to have a big issue with Buffalo. I know like Buffalo lost Tuesday night against the Titans, but still, Buffalo's a good team. I think that game is going to be really, really tight, and we'll talk about that in uh, this week's second episode with our NFL previews and picks and whatnot, but I think they're going to have some issues. And the Raiders, dude, it's with Henry Ruggs, that opens up their offense so much more. Oh, yeah. And it makes Dar- It's like literally exactly what they needed. The the Raiders offense in the past couple of years has been like they it's been like congested mm-hmm. because they haven't been able to push the ball down the field. Right. And just Ruggs being on the field makes teams respect it. And it makes Darren Fells so much more valuable. Waller. Darren Waller. Darren Fells, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Houston on the mind. Um <laughs> Houston, we have a problem. Um, Bill O'Brien. Mayday. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But Darren Waller, it makes him so much more valuable of a player. Because if you look at the last game... And even Josh Jacobs, right? Like, it it opens the the running game up for him. He, like, all of a sudden there's, you know, not... 
eight or nine guys in the box, you know? Right. Well, you can also start motioning Henry Ruggs on jet sweeps and all that, too, which is going to make people have to play more honest, and it's going to act as a little misdirection so Josh Jacobs can work in the middle of the field. But having Henry Ruggs, the game, the last game that he played before this past week was against the Saints, Yeah. and Darren Waller had a huge game, and it's because he can pull the safety off, and it just becomes a one-on-one against a six-foot-seven tight end with great yeah. high-pointing skills. I mean, is he six-seven? I think so, somewhere He's, around Six-six at least. He's one of the biggest tight ends in the league and has a crazy wingspan, but he's also amazing he's a great route runner too so when you can get a guy like that one-on-one with a safety the safety's too small and the linebacker's too slow so that makes him like crazy valuable so with henry ruggs playing if you have darren waller start that man every every week it's gonna be cool like obviously ruggs is coming back from injury was coming back from injury this week so i think maybe I don't know if they had him on a snap count or something like that. Because mm-hmm. it was a hamstring, so probably. But it's going to be really cool to see how John Gruden starts using him in the offense and see if seeing if he like gets into like a Tyree Hill type of role, right? right? Where he's like he's the the X factor. You can you right. can give it to him on jet sweeps. You can they're going to find creative ways to get him the ball, right? It'd be cool to see him like line up in the pistol too, play yeah. a little running back or something, but. You know, Tyreek Hill, he kind of, not that he was the first small, fast receiver, but he was kind of seemingly the first small, like really small, fast receiver who was a true number one and isn't limited to just jet sweeps or crossing routes. Or yeah, like he or can that. run routes. He can run routes and he can win 50-50 balls. Yeah. Yep. Which is the craziest thing when you see him. His jump ball game is ridiculous, and that is. I wrote an article last week about um, the keys to victory for the Bears Bucks game, and I was saying that fifty fifty balls is going to be a deciding factor in that game, and it kind of was yeah. in terms of Allen Robinson, and you know there was a lot of different factors in that game, but. The 50-50 ball thing, if you can do that as a smaller guy, that makes you versatile so you never have to come off the field. You become less marginalized as a gadget play player, and you can be a guy who can be a three-down player. So I think Tyreek Hill really started that. I think most people can see that. And Henry Ruggs is just like that carbon copy. And we always see that. That's something that we said we were going to talk about this episode, but we'll do it for the next episode. Uh, the Patty Mahomes, Steph Curry comparison thing. Right. We said we yes. were going to talk about that. We'll save that for the next episode. Um, so you're going to have to tune in two weeks in the make. I mean, same week, but whatever. Um, um, one comment on the Eagles Steelers game. I'm also starting to come around on the Steelers a little bit. This is the first Steelers game I watched start to finish. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think they're the real deal. I think they're a. Especially with Kansas City kind of showing that they're vulnerable a little bit. I think Pittsburgh Thank you. is is trending upwards in my eyes. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I, I still am not ready to get off my Super Bowl pick of Kansas City, but I think they're uh, the Steelers are legit. I think the Steelers are, you know, in for a little metaphor, it's like they are the what you see is what you get. Yeah. They're a hearty bowl of friggin' 
Hardy bullet chowder. You get what you see. They're going to play good defense. They're going to run the ball well. And they're just going to make plays when you have to make plays. There's no gadget. There's no dazzle. Big Ben wins ugly, but they pull off wins. And I think their front seven is outstanding. And their safeties. Even their, yeah, their DBs are really good. Like Steven Nelson. Mm -hmm. And I know you, you know, as a Browns fan, you're like, oh, Joe Hayden, he's slow. He sucks now that he's not on the Browns. Joe Hayden can still play. Uh, I don't know. And I think that Juju is way more of a number two than he is a number one. And For now sure. that Chase Claypool is starting to like emerge a little bit, you can see this offense is is rolling. Right. Well, it's like the Martavis Bryant yeah, aspect like, in there. It's like, like Martavis Juju, Bryant would have been a number one if he kept his act together. Yeah, but like Juju had that really amazing season as the number two receiver with Antonio Brown because right. Antonio Brown was getting all this coverage rolled over to him. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think with Claypool and Juju, I think that offense is legit and their defense is as good as it gets. In the mm-hmm. Definitely, Minka Fitzpatrick, dude. I think he's just like he's. I think the thing with Pittsburgh that's been weird in the past couple of years is they've always had star players and star guys, but they've usually been in the offense, but they haven't been divas for the most part, except for in the last few years with A B. Yeah. And usually this, this is like those like Steelers teams from like the early twenty twenties. Heinz Ward. Yeah, Troy, Troy Palomalu, quiet guys who are gonna come to work every day and do their thing. And I like I And that's what Pittsburgh is supposed to be, right? It's like a lunch pail check know, in hard hat check type out. of team. Yeah. Sure. So I think I think my my Full-on prediction was Pittsburgh 27, Seattle 24 in the Super Bowl. I'm sticking with it. But, um, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, and who knows, with this season, how things are going. It's That AFC North race is going to be ridiculous in general. Like, right now, Pittsburgh's undefeated. We'll talk about it in the next episode, but this game, this week is a huge game for Cleveland and Pittsburgh. Right, definitely. It it has, like, big-time implications on the rest of the season in the playoffs, so... So uh, I think we should kind of cap it there, uh, wrap it up, as they say, and uh, we will uh, see you next episode. And we're still trying to figure out when we're going to drop everything each day. I think we're thinking Tuesday for the first episode of the week and Saturday or Wednesday. Those are the recording. Yeah, so Wednesday and Saturday. Drops. Wednesday and Saturday. Today's kind of an anomaly just That's because this guy's cutting people open or something. I don't know. But we're going to get it figured out. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Check out highlighthubfootball.wordpress.com. We're going to get the URL connected soon enough. This has been the Little Giants, powered by Highlight Hub. Oh, signing off. Signing off. Also, follow us on Instagram, at Highlight Hub. Woo! Later. All right.